Let's get down to the Word of God, shall we? So if you can open your Bibles at Luke chapter 1, that would be very, very helpful. I've got a couple of scriptures that I'm going to take from this chapter, but we're going to take the first four verses, and then we'll pick up on the other one later. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who, were, who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Therefore... Since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed good also to me to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things that you have been taught. So keep your finger in there, and we'll come back to that in a moment. Um, Before we start, I really wanted to thank you so much for the people that you brought and for coming and those of you who came last week to the carol services. We had three. Uh, we, we just uh, uh, had our biggest number of people who attended our carol services ever. So your response to that is brilliant. And I am so grateful. There was a moment, you know, on that last Sunday where I just stood to the side and I, I felt... I just, had a special, I just felt incredibly privileged to be part of this church because most of you will never have seen the army of volunteers that were involved from making that day work. And I, I just felt incredibly grateful that God had planted me in this family here at King's. So massive thank you. Special day. Really was a special day. Well, Christmas is on its way, as you know. And... Um, Apparently yesterday was panic day. You know, they title all these things, don't they? Uh, sort of like, uh, a, a mad Friday is when everybody goes out the offices and gets absolutely blind drunk. That's called mad Friday. That was last Friday. Uh, yesterday was panic Saturday because you got an idea that uh, you've got to get your stuff bought and done and, so, and cards. they all got to be sent and all these things. I read of a lady who did a last-minute buy of 50 Christmas cards, and uh, she just got hold of them, opened them, signed them, whether it was Aunt Maud or whatever, I don't know what her name was, and she uh, addressed them, posted them, and off, never, never read what was inside the card. Just done. Christmas card, Christmas card. Then a couple of days later, she's looking at one or two that were left over, and um, she was horrified. Because she realized in the card it said, this card is just to say, a little gift is on its way. (laughs) Panic Saturday. (laughs) Uh, Her heart must have just dropped, absolutely dropped. Well, it, um, we, we get in these, at this time of year, we get in things and we do things we don't normally do and we buy things we don't normally buy and it becomes quite a pressure. And not only is it uh, a pressure, but actually it's quite confusing. So the nativity plays and scenes are noted for their creativity. 
And uh, I, one child I was aware of, I'd been told, had the part at the nativity of a pizza delivery boy. And they said he was excellent. I mean, the pizza delivery was actually, he did it in an Italian accent. He was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Do you know, I went through my Bible, I went, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, looking for this pizza boy. Turns up at the, I couldn't find it. I went through the Old Testament. Is there a prophecy about a pizza boy delivering pizza at the stable? I look, not there. You know, so it, it, it can be quite a confusing time of year. What with sea creatures and uh, aliens and all sorts of things on nativity plays. I just thought I'd pull up a couple of weird ones. So, um, <laughs> that's bizarre. This is topical, Star Wars, but I, that is bizarre. Now, hold on for the next one. Hold on. Before we get to the next one, look, if you're a vegetarian, you might want to look away. All right, because you might want to, but could we just put them? <laughs> so go admit, that is grim. I mean, I like meat, but oh, goodness me. Oh, take, take, thank you very much. I don't think Luke envisaged, <laughs> I don't think Luke ever envisaged that he would be having to speak into anything like that. I'm sure he didn't. But, um, but he does write this prologue to his gospel. And this is an account of Jesus' life. And then he sets it out, the highs and the, the how and why of Jesus' birth. And then he talks about eyewitnesses. And you'll notice he says careful investigation. So why does he do that? Do you know it's so that you can be crystal clear? Not yet. <laughs> That's later. But I just need to pull back in a little bit. Parts of me loves moments like this, you know. It's just, this is live. All right, so... Um, Anyway, he writes this out so that, that you know there's been eyewitnesses and careful investigation. And it's so that you can be crystal clear. And now the reason that he gives, and look in your Bibles here, the reason that he gives, it is, it is so that you most excellent Theophilus, now he could have said, it is you most excellent Christine, quite she. He could have said, I just used your name. And uh, he, oh, he, he, could, he could have used you, most excellent Bruce Riley. And we'd all be sitting, why is he calling us excellent? I, I have no clue about why Theophilus was excellent. He was possibly a scholar, probably high up in social standing. It may have been that. But he's writing to him. He's writing to him so that he, look, look at the word, that you may have the certainty of the things you have been taught. That's why he's writing. He wants you to have certainty. It's really important you do this. So he lays it out in this fashion. Now the Greek word for certainty is only used in two other places in the New Testament. And one of them is in Acts chapter 5 where the, um, the, the soldiers go back to the jail and that they find the jail doors securely locked. 
And that's what this word certainty means. It means locked in. It's securely locked. You know, this account basically is as safe as you can get it. That's what he's saying. So that the things you may know, most excellent Theophilus, that you can have a certainty of the things you've been taught. In other words, it's thoroughly thought through. Locked down. Theophilus, I'm writing to you. This is unshakable. Now, I don't know where, what, where, where you pick up your story of Jesus from. But he's telling you this is unshakable. This is unmissable. This is rock solid. You can depend on this. You have to be careful where you get all your bits and pieces of information. But you can depend on this. Most excellent theophilus, I'm writing it down so that you know this is real. We're not talking fiction. We're not talking fantasy or fairy tales. This is real. It's not a myth. It's absolutely real. You know, in our day, we have uh, newspaper headlines. You just saw one just a moment ago. It's coming up again. And so if we could just pop up the COD uh, uh, illustration. There you go. Newspaper headlines, 10th of December, just 100 COD left in the sea. Now, I know you're going to rush out the doors and get your last bit of cod, but hang on a minute, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. See, that's, that, was, that was a headline news. But then, when you got underneath the surface of it, the small print is, actually, there's 21 million. There's 21 million cod in the North Sea. You're okay. If this is your bag, fish and chips, you're all right. Don't worry about it. But... There's only a small number that are over the age of 13. That's where it was going. How they counted, 97, 98, I really have no idea. Don't even ask me. I just don't know. There's another headline here on the 28th of November because we've been experiencing such a deep freeze. Help me. And then, you know, this is a joke, really. And then it says, in the smaller print, it goes, we could, we could, we could see up to 50 centimeters of snow this weekend. This sort of stuff is conjecture. This sort of stuff is like a mist. I'm not writing this sort of stuff, Luke says. I'm not writing it like this. No, the account I'm going to give you of Jesus is absolutely solid. It's as solid as a mountain. It's not intangible like mist or a cloud. You can depend on this. Numerous people have said to me, you know, Jesus, just a myth. Just a myth. I'm not, these are people with bright IQs have said to me, Jesus just a myth. Do you know four out of ten people believe that Jesus is just a myth? Just raise your hand. Has anybody ever said that to you? Just a myth. Yep, look at that. Four out of ten people believe he's just a myth. I mean, historically, it just doesn't stack up. You cannot actually do that. I mean, but it's probably not quite the same, but it, it possibly similar to saying there was no Holocaust. You can't do it. Scholars historically know that this 
person, Jesus, was born in Galilee at this time in Judah. They know it. Scholars, non-Christian as well as Christian. So you can't use, you cannot use that sort of language that he's a myth. And I'm surprised that people do this. But you can, look, he, you can have certainty about the Theophilus. This is written that you might know this is true. Sometimes people, church goes, they're not sure what is true. And he gets this. And he's writing to this Theophilus or, or Christine or Chris Saunders or Ron Lamb. He's writing, I want you to know this is true. What you putting your faith on is true. James writes in his letter that we have to be careful not to be tossed to and fro from every wind of doctrine. You want to know what's true. Now the New Testament here. And I know some of you know this. I'm not going to tell you anything new today. That this is the most authenticated piece of ancient literature you could ever have in your hands. Let me just say that again. It is the most authenticated piece of literature you could ever have in your hands. It is the genuine article. Listen, hear me now. Unchanged. Not tampered with. This is not just Christians who say this. This is non-Christians too. You, you can have trust in this. You can have confidence in this. You can have a certainty locked down certainty in this world. You can know it is true. There's, there's, there's a science called textual criticism. And they verify this article, this literature you have in your hands, it's stunningly authentic. More than any other ancient literature. Jesus a myth? Hey, you must be joking. You must be joking. See, this is the certainty. This is the certainty that caused the church, lockdown certainty, to survive and thrive over three centuries of frequent and terrible persecutions. And in the middle of this, they knew what they believed. Question, do you? It's a really important question. Do you? And then there's the certainty that endures in sickness, disappointments, grief. We go to people and I, I have sat in hospital wards next to people and on their deathbeds knowing that this is true. And it's such a privileged position to be when you see people of such faith knowing this is true and cannot wait to meet their Savior, Jesus Christ. This is certain. This is a certainty. This is a certainty that endures sickness, disappointment, grief. Luke, of all people who traveled around with Paul, I wonder how many times he tended his wounds after the beatings and the shipwrecks and all the rest of it. I wonder how many times he did did this. Luke... Luke knows what kind of knowing lasts and what kind of knowing doesn't. Let me just say that again. He would know what sort of knowing lasts and what sort of knowing doesn't. Theophilus, I'm writing to you. Christine, I'm writing to you. 
Chris, I'm writing to you that you might know the certainty of the things you've been taught. Lockdown, unshakable truth of Jesus Christ. And so having set the foundations there in those first four verses, he then moves on. And we're going into verse 26 to 38. Okay, can we look at that now? 26 to 38. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth. I've done eyewitnesses, by the way. I've done careful investigation. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child, give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel. Since I am a virgin. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was born, was said to be barren, is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Theophilus, I want you to know this is a God thing. In the sixth month, God sent the angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. I want you to know this God is real. I want you to know that he did send the angel. I want you to know that he is active and he's on the case. I want you to know that he initiates this. It all starts with him. I want you to know, Theophilus, he is unstoppable. I want you to know that he's the one who breaks in. I want you to know, Theophilus, that this God is the one who rendered Zechariah earlier on in the chapter dumb because of his unbelief. I want you to know that this God is real and active because he, he released Zechariah's wife Elizabeth of her barrenness and opened her womb. I want you to know that this God is on the move. I want you to know that through God, Mary will conceive and have a child. So obviously be certain about this. Please, be certain about this. He is the central character. And with God, nothing is impossible. Can we just say that together? We're going to say, with God, nothing is impossible. With God, nothing is impossible. Theophilus, I want you to know this. Nothing is impossible with God. 
So, Theophilus, Christine, Chris, you know, hope you don't mind me picking on you. I want you to know that nothing is impossible. And I want you to have a certainty because I've done my homework and I've done it with great diligence. And I want you to have a certainty in this person, Jesus. I want you to know it really happened. I want you to know it really happened. And so Luke talks about Mary's response. I want you to know because it's authentic. The angel appears. And Mary doesn't just stand there and say, Oh, an angel. (laughs) That's wonderful. I've heard about this sort of thing. She doesn't say that. No, it says she's greatly troubled and wondered what sort of greeting this might be. Well, first of all, she's troubled. That is a stock response through the, through the Bible of meeting an angel like that. That is, a, that is a normal response. Hence, the normal introduction is fear not. Why do you think angels say that? Exactly. Exactly. Fear not. It, this is an authentic meeting. So first of all, she's troubled. And then, but she says she wondered. Now this is a, important that we hold on to this. Because the Greek word wondered means, means reasoned. It's better probably pondered. It means reasoned. Actually in this case it means intensively reasoned. She's thinking Her brains have not left her. She is thinking. She's thinking it through. She had a lot of questions. They're all going on in her head. What's going on here? Who's this? Is it really an angel? Did I have too much garlic last week? No, she's not. Scrape that from the record. And it's just, what is this? You know, sometimes, you know, we display an incredible amount of arrogance in our culture towards other civilizations and generations. And we say blah, just general things like, well, back then they believed anything. You know, they, they just believed anything. They were superstitious, naive. And then there's the religious people. Well, religious people don't ask questions. They just don't do it. They just believe. In fact, they turn their brains off. They're just gullible. I must have heard some of those comments before. And Mary ponders, she wonders, and she has all these things going around in her head. All these questions. She's no fool, this lady. You know, the ancient world may, may not have known about X and Y chromosomes, but they know as well as we do that babies are the result of sexual intercourse. She's no fool. Hence the question, good question, how's this going to happen? I'm a virgin. Explanation, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. I like that. There's nothing forced here. Just that will overshadow you. And so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Theophilus, I want you to know this is a God thing. This is what God is doing. 
So what we have here is the birth of a child, God's son by God's action, and Mary's son from Mary's womb. This is too big a deal to go into in detail, I have to say. And there is mystery to it, but you can't get away from this. This is supernatural. Theophilus, I want you to know, that which God fathers is God. Oh, human being, yes. Human, de- fully human, yes. Born of a human mother, yes. Human DNA, yes. Yet, begotten of God, fully God, yes. It's a non-negotiable. Man's plight is so desperate, he cannot, he is incapable of helping himself. He needs a savior. It has to be a God work. God has to come in. Some people want to reconstruct the historical Jesus and do away with this part. They find it offensive. They want to remove this from the Bible. And you know, it's okay for Jesus to be crucified. It's okay for him to have followers. It's okay to talk about the church. But don't, oh, don't give me that. You know, that shouldn't be in here. They're offended. My friends, our God is supernatural, isn't he? Do you know, there is something like 80 to 90% of people pray. They don't all know what they're praying to, but they pray. Why do they do that? Because they have a sense that something bigger than themselves. We live in a world of a supernatural. He's a supernatural God. Don't, my friends, you do away with the virgin birth, you will emasculate the gospel. This is God-initiated. This is power-filled. This is grace-saturated gospel. Why? Because it's all of him. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. See, there's a huge difference between Christianity and other religions. I mean, surely this must be the greatest event in history. I, can't, I still can't, I, you can't get your head around this. That God would come like this, so vulnerable. So you just, it's so difficult to get your head around it. It's astonishing. I mean, it's one thing that God is great, and the angel says that. But that he is little. Wow. That is astonishing. Not that we have to claw. We don't have to claw our way to him. He has come down. That's the wonder of this. There's no other parallel in the religious world, my friends. You're offered pathways of enlightenment and rituals of purity and acts of goodness, and it's all based on what you do. It's all centered around what you can do. Not so with Jesus. He knows you can't. He knows you can't. He knows you need the life of God in you. That's what he knows. We need a savior. Jesus, Joshua, savior. That's what the name means. We are incapable of helping ourselves. We need a savior. Jesus Christ. 1937, H.G. Wells writes this. H.G. Wells is the author of War of the Worlds. He has an incredibly high opinion of humanity. Bear with me. Just stick with me here. He says, 1937, before the Second World War, can we doubt that presently our race will more than realize our boldest imaginations, that it will achieve unity and peace, And that our children will live in a world made more splendid and lovely 
than any palace or garden that we know, going from strength to strength in an ever-widening circle of achievement. What man has done, the little triumphs of his present state form but the prelude to the things that man has yet to do. It's incredible aspiration for the human race. Six years later, he writes this. The cold-blooded massacres of the defenseless. The return of deliberate and organized torture. That still rings a bell in our day. Mental torment and fear to a world from which such things had seemed well-nigh banished has come near to breaking my spirit altogether. Homo sapiens, brackets, mankind, as he has been pleased to call himself, is played out. In truth, you know, we don't need H.G. Wells to tell us that something's wrong. You got, we know that. We, we live in, a we, live in a... we know our own disappointments. We know our own despair. Sin-stained lives. My friends, we needed a saviour. Theophilus, Theophilus, you can be sure of this. You can be certain of this. That this Jesus is the Son of God. It is him. He is... He is the one who is to come. He is the savior of people. He comes to save his people from his sins. He'll come and save his people from their sins. C.S. Lewis said this, Christianity, if false, is of no importance. And if true, of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. Some want to put him as a great teacher. Others want to call Jesus a prophet Jesus never pointed away from himself. Every other prophet does. This is the way to God. This is the pathway to God. To God you do this, you do this, you do this. Jesus did incredibly the opposite. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. I mean, who is this person who says this? This is the Son of God. This is the Son of God, my friends. If you want truth, come to me. If you want to know the way in life, come to me. If you want life, come to me. I, I'll give you life. What's more, I'll give you abundant life. I'll give you abundant life. Theophilus, I want you to know that this is the Son of God and that He is your Savior. And there isn't anyone else because he will reign forever. And Theophilus, by the way, if you didn't quite get that, his kingdom will never end. His kingdom will never end. Jesus, come that you might have life and have it to the full. Jesus, come to take your sin. And as uh, Richard mentioned earlier on, that you might become a child of God. You might become a child of God. You might be his son, his daughter. You might be brought into the family of God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. One more thing, Theophilus, by the way. You need to walk by faith. Mary reasoned these things. She thought them through. She knew what this meant. She knew what this meant. Calendars are not a new thing, you know. They knew times, dates, seasons, months. They got it. They got it. The question of Jesus' parenthood was going on 30 years later. They're still talking about his parenthood. Gossip in a small town. (laughs) It goes far and wide. 30 years later, they're still talking about his parenthood. They work out when the child was born, when Mary and Joseph were married. They got it all sussed. They, they know these things. 
You have to walk by faith. Look at her faith. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. May it be to me as you have said. I'm the Lord's servant. You know, every parent has a right to name their child. But Mary, not you. Not you. Not this one. He's in charge. He doesn't need you. You need him. And you don't call the shots. He does. May it be to me as you have said. She's taking her hands off her life and letting him put his hands on her. Are you doing the same? Are you letting him put his hands on your life and taking your hands off yours? It's a walk of faith, you know. She's dropped all her conditions. I think she's dropped all her dreams. I think all her dreams are gone. You know, I was going to be married to Joseph. We're going to have a little family together. And we're going to grow up in a town. And, and our children are going to be like this. Gone in a moment. Why? Because this woman is a woman of faith. Mary, hardly anybody knows her. Now, there's hardly anybody in the world who doesn't. She walks by faith. Amazing. Amazing woman. Theophilus, I've set it all out in front of you. It's not a blind leap, this. But you do have to make a step of faith. This is the only way you can walk with God. It's by faith. It's always been this way. Abraham did it. Abraham, I want you to leave your home. I want you to leave and go. And Abraham gets up and he leaves. So not knowing where he was going, says in Hebrews. Not knowing where he was going. I wonder how Sarah coped with that. It's another story altogether, I'm sure. Not knowing where he was going. This is a walk of faith. He doesn't map it all out. Have you noticed that in your Christian lives? I think sometimes if you saw around the bend, you wouldn't start. But he gives you life. It's not where you go. It's not where you go. It's who goes with you. That's the point. Let me say it. It's not where you go. It's not where he calls you. It's who goes with you. It's not what you do. It's about what he has done. He's not asking you to do anything less than he did. Or anything more than he did. Father, not your will. Not my will, sorry. Not my will, but yours be done. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. This is a walk of faith. And this may be where you are now. Let's just close our eyes, can we?